the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer, on this Wednesday, the 23rd morning of the 10th month in the year of our Lord, 2019. Appreciate you being with us this morning. A lot of very important things to talk about. There is a war for our culture going on. There is a war for the soul of our country, and I'm using both of those intentionally because, well, two reasons. Number one... They are two very important events that I need to promote for you as a part of who and what we are at Salem Media because we have the War for America Soul Tour coming up one month from uh, Monday, this past Monday. It's November 21st, and we want you to be a part of it. And number two, we are also in the uh, process of voting for the Salem Culture Warrior of the Year Award. And the second reason we're talking about this is because they're both true. And we're seeing it play out before our very eyes. Our culture is in jeopardy. Our culture is in serious jeopardy of being lost or being stolen from us, depending upon how you look at it. And if we do not fight that war for our culture, again, a nod to the Salem Culture Warrior of the Year. And by the way, this is just impromptu. This isn't intentionally a promotion for the Salem events. It just happens to be what I want to talk about, and it is real. There is a war for the soul of this nation, and there is a war for our culture. It is under attack in every conceivable way. Every standard, norm, tradition, scientific uh, of proof, all of the things that we have come to know and come to believe are under attack by the American left. Literally everything that the American left touches is destroyed. And I am not using hyperbole here when I say this. It sounds hyperbolic, doesn't it? 
Because that's an awful strong statement to make. It sounds like that's a little bit over. I'm not even beginning, uh, you know, I'm not even teasing about this. I'm not even joking. I haven't even really begun the litany of ways that they are destroying this country. And every day when I prepare for this show, every night, the night before, every morning, when I prepare for the show, I mean, my jaw just hits my chest. I I just sit there slack-jawed saying, oh, my gosh, this can't be real. That can't be right. But it is. And we have to address these things. Now, the big story of the day, or one of the big stories of the day, doesn't have to do with our culture per se. It has to do, again, with the attempted coup d'etat to remove the President of the United States, a duly elected president, from office by the American left, trying to trash him, trying to destroy him in any possible way that they can. They have decided now that the President is continuing to, quote, stoke racial divide and uh, stoke racial tensions because he used the word lynching in a tweet yesterday to discuss the ridiculous um, kangaroo court impeachment proceedings against him. All right. The president tweeted, quote, so someday if a Democrat becomes president and the Republicans win the House, even by a tiny margin, they can impeach the president without due process or fairness or any legal rights. All Republicans must remember what they are witnessing here, a lynching. But we will win, end quote. That's the president uh, yesterday. I didn't discuss this on yesterday's show, even though we had that, because I thought it would die a well-deserved death in short order. Uh, the left is going to go, oh, you can't say lynching. That's the terrible atrocity that was experienced by African Americans in the Jim Crow era, uh, in which, you know, even after the uh, emancipation of uh, slaves. Uh, you know, who were terrorized and traumatized by the likes of the KKK and others who would do these terribly brutal things and, and hang, uh, 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 African Americans from trees. You can't use that word to describe an impeachment process. They, I figured it would just die though after a couple of hours of, oh my gosh, I can't believe you used the word lynching because the reason I thought it would die, quite frankly, is because well, we all know that it has been used in other vernacular. We have, we, we have heard it used in other circumstances as well, of verbal lynching. Clarence Thomas, uh, Thomas once called the Anita Hill accusations and the ridiculous Senate hearings that we had uh, in his confirmation, called it a high-tech lynching. I mean, it's been used in the past, and people say it's an uncomfortable comparison, but whatever. Well, Joe Biden was among those yesterday to denounce the President of the United States. Joe Biden tweeted yesterday, impeachment is not lynching. It is part of our Constitution. Our country has a dark, shameful history with lynching. And to even think about making this comparison is abhorrent. It's despicable. End quote. That was Joe Biden yesterday discussing, using the word lynching to describe an impeachment. And it is amazing to me that he doesn't have staffers around him saying, um, Mr. Vice President, you might not want to send that tweet. You might not want to speak out on the inappropriateness of using the word lynching to describe an impeachment. Because there was videotape, contrary to popular belief in high tech, you know, maybe people thought that in 1998, we didn't have videotape. We didn't have audio tape. You know, those things weren't invented with the advent of the iPhone. We were still able to record things back before the, you know, technological explosion of the 2000s really happened. And um, Joe Biden, here's what you said 
back in 1998. All right, that's not good. We History have... is going to... One more time, one more time from the top. Sorry about that. Even if the president should be impeached, History is going to question whether or not this was just a partisan lynching or whether or not it was something that, in fact, met the standard, the very high bar that was set by the founders as to what constituted an impeachable offense. Do you believe the House of Representatives... Stop right there, because what Wolf Blitzer asked him to follow up on that doesn't matter. What does matter is the first part, where Joe Biden described the impeachment of Bill Clinton... Even if the president should be impeached... History is going to question whether or not this was just a partisan lynching or whether or not it was something that, in fact, met the standard, the very high bar that was set by the founders. There's two points to be made there, by the way. Number one, Joe Biden. Let me say this also. If it weren't for double standards, Democrats would have no standards at all. It's the only kind that they have. Donald Trump used the word lynching. That's abhorrent racial uh, uh, division-stoking language. Joe Biden used the word lynching, dead silence. By the way, in almost identical circumstances, I emphasize almost because in the current situation, President Trump has committed no crimes. In the 1998 impeachment of Bill Clinton, he had committed perjury, lied under oath about his affair with Monica Lewinsky. There was a crime. So the second part of what you just heard Joe Biden talk about is just as important as the word lynching, which the left is futilely trying to use as a, as a new way to, to shame the president, where he talked about the very high standard set by the founders to remove a president from office. It has to be an extraordinarily high standard, an extraordinarily serious uh, violation, breaking of American law, etc., in order to remove a president. Number one, Bill Clinton did meet that standard. But number two, and Donald Trump has not, but number two, you called that a, a lynching, and now President Trump says the word lynching, and it's, suddenly it's a, it's a national scandal. Now, Biden... After being informed that, yes, um, there was a way to record people back in the days of record players, and that's another nod to another Biden gaffe, said, oh, yeah, I guess I did say that. Somebody just played it on TV. Then apologized in a new tweet, quote, this wasn't the right word to use, and I'm sorry about that. Trump, on the other hand, chose his words deliberately today in his use of the word lynching and continues to stoke racial divides in this country daily. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Let's ponder that for just a moment, shall we? President Trump chose the word deliberately, and you said it what? Accidentally? You, you tripped and slipped and said the word lynching and didn't mean it? Yours wasn't intentional, his was? It's that your excuse? That's what we're going to roll with? Trump used it intentionally, but you didn't? Because I didn't hear you in that audio that I just played, or video if you're looking at it online. I didn't hear you correct yourself and say, oh, excuse me, I didn't mean to use the word lynching there. That's not right. That's not an appropriate comparison to what is being done to President Clinton right now. You didn't say that then, Senator. You said it deliberately. And oh, by the way, did you condemn and criticize 
your fellow Democrat, Representative Jim McDermott from Washington in 1998 for deliberately, tell me if you think this was a deliberate use of the word lynching, also to describe President Bill Clinton's impeachment. In 24 years ago with the President of the United States, this day feels to me like we're taking a step down the road to becoming a political lynch mob. We're in so much hurry to get this done so it can be in the Saturday-Sunday news cycle and have our mint juleps at 5 o'clock. We are going to find a rope, find a tree, and ask a bunch of questions later. Um, Crazy Uncle Joe? Tell me. When you heard your Democrat colleague, Jim McDermott, stand on the floor of the United States House of Representatives and not just use the word lynch mob, but also describe the process, getting a rope, finding a tree, you think that would count as deliberate? And let me ask you, Joe Biden, let me ask you every other demon rat listening to the sound of my voice right now. Did you condemn Jim McDermott for that language? Did you condemn Joe Biden for that language? Did you condemn? I can play a montage. I have that, too, of other Democrats referring to the impeachment of Bill Clinton as a political lynching. We can do this all day long. If you want. Or you can simply apologize for condemning Donald Trump's use of the word on Twitter yesterday, knowing that the hypocrisy you are swimming in is enough for you to drown in. Your call. 216-901-0945. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. All right, it is 924 now. Oops, 925, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. We will talk more about the culture war against uh, this country or being waged on this country, being waged within this country, perhaps being a civil culture war as we continue this morning. Uh, but I, I, I do want to hit this one more time. Again, I ignored the story yesterday thinking that the lynching kerfuffle would die, that the left would realize this is nothing, we don't want to focus on this. But the truth of the matter is they do want to focus on things like this. Because the more you focus on Donald Trump being a bad guy for using the word lynching, which stokes racial divides, as Joe Biden said, the less less you'll focus on the fact that there's no there there. The less you'll focus on the fact that there is no legitimate reason for these impeachment proceedings to be underway. The less you'll focus on the fact that in 1998, as we make these comparisons, at least it was a public impeachment proceeding. And the opposing party or the party of the president got to call witnesses, got to present evidence, got to cross-examine, etc., 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 They don't want you to know that what is going on right now is an absolutely unprecedented witch hunt kangaroo court proceeding that that you should be extraordinarily outraged about. 
Instead, they want you to focus on things like Trump used the wrong word. Trump said lynching. Trump is trying to stoke racial tensions. Let's again then go back to 1998. I just gave you Joe Biden. I just gave you Jim McDermott. Here's a few more. Why? Not? And indeed, it is a political lynching. Political lynch mob. I will not vote for this lynching. We're in so much hurry to get this done so it can be in the Saturday-Sunday news cycle and have our mint juleps at 5 o'clock. We are going to find a rope, find a tree, and ask a bunch of questions later. How dare the president compare lynching to impeachment. I I don't know how to characterize This is this is of course this is a mashup just so you know. This is a mashup of modern day Democrats today ripping Donald Trump for using the word lynching compared to the impeachment then of course being mixed up with uh the 1998 Democrats saying these same exact things. Is that from our president except as grotesque? Thousands of African Americans were slaughtered during the lynching epidemic in this country for no reason other than the color of their skin. How dare he do this? Does he not know the history of lynching in this country? The president should not compare a constitutionally mandated impeachment inquiry to such a dangerous and dark chapter of American history. It's irresponsible for him to do so, and I hope that he will apologize. I want you to vote no. What we are doing or what we are doing here is not a prosecution, it's a persecution. And indeed, it is a political lynching. Oh, 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 what, what? I call this the nightmare before Christmas. And the American people find it difficult to believe that here we are on this day, talking about impeaching a president who just came back from the Middle East, almost with a peace accord. This is not about impeaching Bill Clinton. This is about trying to roll back the clock. This is about impeaching affirmative action, impeaching women's rights. This is about taking America back rather than moving it forward. I know how I'm going to vote. My people have told me I will not disregard the people who elected me. 70% of them have said to me, protect the president. Vote to keep this president in office. So I will not vote for this nightmare before Christmas. I will not vote for this lynching in the people's house. I will vote against these resolutions. I mean, it is impossible, impossible to comprehend how they they think they can get away with this hypocrisy. Like, we're not going to pull this audio out. Of, of McDermott, of uh, Representative Gregory Meeks, of Representative Danny Davis, of Senator Joe Biden. Like, we're not going to pull this audio of all of them calling the impeachment of Bill Clinton a lynching. And then sit by and watch them rip Donald Trump for calling this ridiculous probe where there has been no crime committed, the way there was in 1998 by Bill Clinton, calling this a lynching. It just, it's, it's impossible to comprehend. What do they think we are? I mean, I know we're not evil the way they are. I know we don't fight dirty the way they do. But do they honestly think we're that stupid? Do they honestly think we're that inept? 
Do they honestly think we can't go back and play the words that expose their own hypocrisy? Do they honestly think they're going to get away with that? I want to hear from you about it at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Speaking of getting away with things, former Republican senator, now current Democrat senator Mitt Romney thought he could get away with creating a fake Twitter account to defend himself and to attack the president with anonymity. Um, He didn't. Doug Giles, founder and editor of ClashDaily.com, joins us to discuss that next right here on 1420 The Answer. All right, 935 now, the Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420, The Answer. His name is Pierre Delecto. <laughs> Look, don't, 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 don't kill the messenger here. Pierre Delecto. I can't help but think of Ron Mexico. Ron Mexico was the uh, pseudonym that uh, Michael Vick used to use back during his playing days when he would uh, go online and uh, do all kinds of really uh, scandalous things and uh, try to get with various women doing various scandalous things in illegal manners. He uh, he gave himself the pseudonym Ron Mexico. This is Pierre Delecto, and it's a little bit more important. Why? Because that's the pseudonym, the online Twitter profile of Senator Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, as we know, uh, sought the president's endorsement when he ran for senator in Utah, got the president's endorsement, and has every day since proceeded to trash Donald Trump, sometimes with his own persona and sometimes with his pseudonym, Pierre Delecto. Joining us now to discuss this is my friend Doug Giles. I have not talked to my friend Doug Giles in quite a while, but we've had him on the program a few different times. He is the founder of a phenomenal website, ClashDaily.com, founder and editor of that site, also the co-author of an amazing new book, Would Jesus vote for Trump. Uh, Doug Giles, good to have you back on the air here in Cleveland. How are you? Bob, I feel like I need a shower, man, after hearing the the name Pierre Delecto. I mean, this, this is uh, Anthony Weiner, Carlos Danger. Uh, oh, I forgot about Carlos Danger. Yeah, I did my Ron Mexico, and I forgot about Carlos Danger. Oh, it's a, and, and Romney calls himself a lurker. You know, he's got this fake account. And again, you know, I've always thought the cat was strange. Uh, you know, God... God forgive me, I voted for him in stump form 2012 because that was the only thing on the menu. It's like Eskimos eating well blubber. Well, the reason why is that that was it. So um, now, so then you see him come around as you know the head of the Never Trumpkins after he begs for Trump support, uh, like a little lapdog, which he's done for the past 20 years. And then we get this revelation that he's got this <laughs> this uh, bogus Twitter account that he flies under the name of Pierre Delecto. It's strange, man. I don't care how you slice it or how he tries to explain it. You know what? What? Ha- whatever happened to just good old uh, Joe Wilson or, or John Smith? Yeah, I mean, what's what's bizarre about it, Doug, is, and it's not just strange or bizarre, it's cowardly. Um, Twitter is filled with elected officials who don't like some things and criticize it and do like other things and defend them. People like Jim Jordan is never shy about going on there and ripping Jerry Nadler or little Adam piece of Schiff. Uh, a new one, uh, because that's what you do. You defend what you like and you condemn what you don't like. Why is Mitt, why does Mitt Romney have to condemn by way of some sort of, uh, anonymous, uh, account? That's the part the, about this that I yeah. think is most important. He's a coward. Yeah, it's a nutless wonder. And he goes around to Soledad O'Brien's account and he defends his own honor. 
Right. <laughs> it's Pierre Delecto, you know, third person. Again, nutless wonder. And, uh, you know, that's, I think, I think Mitt Romney and his, you know, uh, his, his middle of the road conservatism and where he's always trying to, you know, scratch, uh, eat, uh, both parties on the back. I, I guarantee that this kind of cowardice that you just pointed out and his, his kind of fair to Midland conservatism is, is definitely, absolutely 100% what yielded up Donald Trump because he didn't play those stupid games. You know, I, I thought we, we kind of rid ourselves of these kinds of people when uh, Jeff Flake got out uh, and, and guys like that. I mean, I, I described Mitt Romney as a Democrat. I mean, I didn't even say a rhino. Before you came on, when I went into our news break, I said Democrat Senator Mitt Romney. I mean, is there any doubt that he's not just a never-Trumper Republican? He is a full-on Democrat, given his uh, his record and given his willingness to be deceptive and duplicitous in the way that he uh, conducts himself. Yeah, I agree, and, uh, and and Trump has no problem whatsoever shining the spotlight on him and, and others who have uh, posited themselves as being, you know, friendlies with the conservatives, but they always uh, yield up leftist legislation. Uh, the Never Trumpers, man, they are they are loving this right now with Mitt. I mean, he's he's getting all the attention that Stormy Daniels and Mike Avenatti got uh, until they're not useful anymore, and then I think uh, you know he's going into the wood chipper like Stormy and, and old Mikey. <laughs> let, let me ask you one more question on this before I talk about the book, uh, Would Jesus Vote for Trump? Um, why do you think he came out with this now? This was in an interview with The Atlantic, and as I read the, the passage in the article, um, and I'll just share it with others who haven't seen it yet, that's kind of what he does, Romney said with a shrug, and then got up to retrieve an iPad from his desk. He explained that he uses a secret Twitter account. What do they call me, a lurker? To keep tabs on political converse, uh, conversation. I won't give you the name of it, he said, but I'm following 668 people. Swiping at his tablet, he recited some of the accounts he follows, blah, blah, blah. It almost sounded, Doug, like he did this unprompted. Why would he come forward in an interview with The Atlantic and say, I have a fake Twitter account? Uh, my suspicion is he, he got wind that somebody else found out, and he was going to get busted on it, so he figured he would get out in front of it. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I, I think you're spot on, man. Uh, somebody's got a picture of him. Either that or somebody's got a picture of him in bed with a dead woman or a live man, and so he's going to go ahead and out himself. I don't know why, but it just seemed like I said, like he volunteered this up. And I feel like, because why would he? I mean, he's been doing it long enough to follow 668 people and to defend himself, as you say, by way of a third-party uh, pseudonym and uh, and to attack the president on this. I feel like this was coming out, and he knew it, and so he figured, I'm going to do it myself and make fun of it. And she even said, "Are you, uh, you know, who is uh, Pierre Delecto? And he said, c'est moi, or whatever, which is, yep, it's me. I think he did this just to kind of give himself a little bit of a chance to get in front of uh, the fact that he's been... He's been burned. Athletes do this, Doug. I don't know much you follow this. Kevin Durant, for example, um, was busted using what they call not a lurker, but a burner account where he would go online as somebody else on Twitter and defend Kevin Durant <laughs> against attackers and against critics. Um, and, and, and it's usually, I mean, really, really badly frowned upon, and let alone for an elected official. It's just bizarre, man. I've been a public figure for, you know, nearly 30 years, uh, 2 million followers over on Facebook until they uh, destroyed our page because we were just way too popular, reaching 20 to 50 million people uh, per week. Our website's got 260 million page views, four bestsellers. I don't go around defending my honor. If I do, I do it as Doug Giles. 
And it's just bizarre, man. I mean, Romney's a grown-ass man. That just shows you how sick these guys are, how narcissistic. they got histrionic personality disorders. You know, they're, look at me, I'm Sandra D. And then, you know, Pierre Delecto, man. I, I would, my brother's got his uh, Ph.D. in psychology, his special uh, his his uh, specialty is forensic. I'd love for him to uh, pick around in, in Romney's gray matter to find out, you know, exactly what kind of uh, psyche yields up that kind of weirdness. But I think we all know, you know, these guys look at themselves as Mariah Carey, you know, in a mid-ocentric uh, world, and they run around defending their honor with Pierre Delecto accounts. Oh, it's weird. That's why people hate uh, politicians. That's why Trump is sitting behind that desk where Bill boinked Monica. And John and and uh, Romney's, you know, he's on Twitter under a, a pseudonym defending himself. It's hilarious, man. And Trump's in power. He's kicking butt. And our economy's kicking butt. And uh, I, I love it, man. And that's why people well, dig trees. We're talking to Doug Giles. Doug Giles is the founder and editor of ClashDaily.com. Who cares if they uh, killed your Facebook page because the web page speaks for itself. I cannot tell people enough about this. ClashDaily.com with Doug Giles is a great, great read. Uh, great, great compilation of stories with Doug and his staff's unique uh, um, editorializing and analysis of the news. Uh, it pulls no punches. It is not for the faint of heart, I will tell you that. It is, uh, it is, it is excellent stuff. And now I have not read the book. I cannot profess to have read Would Jesus Vote for Trump, but I want to get you to tell me a little bit more about it. Tell us why other people should vote, uh, should read the book. And moreover, give us the answer to your own ti- uh, title question. Would Jesus vote for Trump? Yeah, so being King of Kings and Lord of Lords, I doubt it. You know, he's not going to vote for any human. However, uh, if you look at uh, Trump's policies, you run it through the sieve of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which we did, and it's a 400-plus page book. Uh, I got to conclude, man, as a, as a believer, that Trump's the Christian's best buddy, because uh, the implementation uh, from a policy standpoint of the principles in the Scripture are way up there. I think he, I think according to the Heritage Foundation, Bob, that uh, that there's 300 plus points of conservatism that you know some candidate must toe. And at this juncture, Reagan was at 49 to get the Heritage Foundation's approval. Trump's at uh, 64, 65, something like that. He's ahead of Reagan. And yet the uh, evangelical never-Trumpkins hate him because he had an affair uh, and had three wives. And I'm like, you guys are supposed to be uh, uh, believers, right? David had an affair and, and had her husband killed. Abraham had an affair and lied about being married twice. Noah got drunk, fell down with his junk out. Moses killed a man uh, and was running from the law, and Samson actually did boink uh, Stormy Daniels. And God used those leaders with, the, with their hideous past greatly. And it just blows my mind how Christians will, you know, get on, get on some soapbox and talk about, you know, Trump's uh, uh, superfluity of naughtiness back in the day when he was, uh, you know, a playboy billionaire. Listen, man, if any of us got that kind of cash and we weren't saddled by the Holy Spirit and an incredible conscience, we too would probably do the same crap that Trump did. And uh, for for Christians to to go hard on Trump and judge him, man, it's all about grace, folks. And if you don't understand that, I don't have the time, patience, or crayons to further explain it to you. (laughs) Doug Giles is the uh, co-author of Would Jesus Vote for Trump? Wrote it with uh, Brandon Valerani, if I'm saying the name correct of your uh, co-author there. Um, you, you cover things like, 
you know, which liberals often bring up. Yeah, Jesus was uh, was a hipster. He he would be a liberal hippie today. He would believe, be a believer in Medicare for all and universal right. health care. He was a collectivist because he collected the loaves and the fish and then distributed it evenly to everybody, uh, which is the way it's supposed to be in a good socialist utopia. They would say that's uh, evidence that Jesus was a liberal. He would never be down with Trump. Yeah, except when you get into you know parables like uh, uh, the parable of the talents, where Jesus took the the talent or the investment capital that he gave this one dude who didn't do squat with it and just buried it and handed it back to his master. Uh, once he uh, uh, got audited, uh, Jesus took from the lazy and gave it to the industrious, which that doesn't smack of you know mm. uh, doe-eyed liberalism. I think it's I think it's hilarious. Another thing about Trump that I dig, Bob, is is how he is bold. He's got trickle down testicular fortitude, like Reagan had trickle down economics. He will call uh, crap crap if he smells a whiff of lies, hype, and spin. Uh, Trump's on it like stink on a monkey. You know who else did that? A guy named Jesus two thousand years ago. If if you were if you were full of garbage and you were a priest, uh, if you were a dunderhead disciple. If you were, uh, you know, some preening politician and, and Christ uh, interface with you, he's going to call you on it. And he'll do it in public. He'll do it over dinner. And everybody thinks Jesus is this bearded lady that just goes around and spits out aphorisms like an overmedicated Garrison Keeler or something like that. They killed him because of his mouth, because he confronted their garbage. And it's just like, uh, you know, uh, Trump's following his, in his train and exposing fake news and exposing bad politicians and, uh, you know, playing badminton with Pelosi and Biden and knocking them all over the court. And that's what that's what a Christian's supposed to do. We're not just supposed to walk around and say, you know, sweet little nothings and stuff. We're called to confront darkness. And uh, and that's why we, you know, that's why we call our website Clash. We're, we're here to fight. We're not here to like, oh, hey, how you doing? It's like these ideas are poisonous. They destroy our nation. They undercut uh, families, and uh, and they they try to, you know, wreck the infrastructure of this grand experiment in self-governance. Trump calls it out. Everybody should call it out, and people need to stop being nicer than Jesus was. Last thing, Doug Giles, founder and editor of ClashDaily.com, author of Would Jesus Vote for Trump? President used the word lynch in a or lynching in a uh, tweet uh, describing this ridiculous kangaroo court impeachment process. Uh, left flipped Joe Biden. Oh my God! How dare you say that? A constitutional oversight, which is what is required of the executive branch by way of this impeachment inquiry, is not a high tech lynching. It's what is constitutional, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know the story from there. Joe Biden's tape has come out from 1998. Jim McDermott's uh, Gregory. Meeks, Danny Davis, all of these liberals in defense of Bill Clinton called the impeachment of Bill Clinton a lynching. It was okay then. It is it is a scandal for Donald Trump to use that word now. Yeah, if the, if the left didn't have quadruple standards, they'd have no left. Uh, they'd have no standards at all. I, I love you stole it. my and line, I, although I said double, but quadruple is better. No, it's, it's it's way up there, man. I need to get a fresh line uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, a... look at Bill Clinton. I mean, he perjured himself. That's clear. And uh, he obstructed justice. That's clear. And he walks, you know. Yeah, that is exactly right. And uh, and, and, and to me, the hilarious part about this was Joe Biden once presented with his tape uh, from 1998 said, well, he tweeted an apology. Well, that was the wrong word to use then. But Trump used it deliberately. 
As if or, his was accidental? As if his just slipped out and then he corrected it? How is one deliberate but the other one, uh, well, I didn't really mean it? It's, it's uh, Bob, it's orange man bad, orange yep. man bad, orange man bad. You know, again, they could they could they could get caught standing on the Pope's uh, body, you know, naked, drinking blood out of the uh, out of the, the freshly killed last wombat and scream the contents of Mein Kampf, and uh, and and the media would call them, you know, poetic. They're zeitgeist. They could do the most atrocious things, most hypocritical things. They never get called on the carpet uh, by you know the the leftist media. But you know, Trump says something similar, and it's five alarm fire. It's. It, I hope the. I hope your listeners are paying attention. I hope they see the the uh, the deep hypocrisy, and they might not want to be a Republican, and they might not really get Trump, but they might see that these people are desperation angels. Uh, they're not even a squirrel turd. Uh, their leaders are so baddy they sleep upside down, and they just kind of turn the family, you know, bus a little towards the right. And away from these uh, insane leftists who seriously want to destroy our country. I mean, we're not talking about Democrats from 40 or 50 years ago. We're talking well, about socialists, man. These are people on. are, you know, yeah. So it's there's yeah. there's no choice here, you know. Your words have a way of painting pictures that my mind wish you hadn't seen. To be honest with you, that uh, Pope one is pretty good there too. Uh, but Doug Giles, that's why we love Clash Daily. Uh, great stuff, ClashDaily.com. Make sure you check that site, bookmark it on your browser. And better yet, I can't wait to get a copy of Would Jesus Vote for Trump uh, by Doug Giles and Brandon Valerani. Good luck with the book, uh, Doug. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Have a great one. Stay ready, Bob. You got it. There you go. That's Doug Giles joining us. Went a little long here. It's 9.52. We'll get a quick time out and come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM, it's the Bob France Authority. Try to run, try to hide, break on to the other side. Good stuff from uh, Doug Giles of ClashDaily.com. I really am looking forward to that book. I have not read it yet, but I did see uh, a note about this, which is why we had Doug on. Uh, really interesting. Would Jesus vote for Trump? You know, the left likes to paint Jesus as the sandal-wearing hippie who would uh, uh, goes around healing people with free of charge, and therefore uh, he would be certainly for uh, single-payer health care, Medicare for all, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but uh, deconstructed in over 400 pages of combing through the four Gospels. That's what Doug and his um, co-author Brandon Valerani did. I'm reading some of the notes. Uh, it looks very, very interesting, so I'm looking forward to that one. And once I do read it, I'll have Doug back on so we can talk more in-depth about why uh, Jesus would absolutely be fine with voting for President Trump. Uh, Mary Grace in Old Brooklyn. Hi, Mary Grace. Go right ahead. I am praising God, and I'm so... I was laughing. I was like, oh, my goodness, this guy was so funny. His Lord language is okay true. with you, Mary Grace? Because I mentioned well, on his he, website, he, you know, he... Marvelous. Yeah, he's I not, he's not to shy. He's, um, you know, he's, he's not afraid to... Um, well, let's put it to you this way. Uh, there is at least Call one commandment like that I know Doug is okay with, and that's taking the Lord's name in vain. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to well, alarm anybody, he but he's not very, uh, very, very shy or very genteel, if you will, when it comes to uh, criticizing the left. Well, the left is... So out there, I mean, so out there, that Texas young boy I was praying for, because they can't do that kind of stuff to these well, children. Well, you know this what? I'm egregious so- at best. 
It is. It is. It is exactly that, and it is one of the most incredibly dangerous um, examples oh. of a state of state sponsored child abuse, um, child <laughs> mutilation. Oh, I, I, tell me. I mean, it's all of the above, oh, uh, Mary Grace. Lord. Yes, it's hideous and it's nasty. And I was praying most of the night. Remember, it's praying without ceasing. And what is the sword of the Lord? Is the word of God. And well, I'm listen, you, I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up, yeah. because I'm going to uh, use this to transition, Mary Grace. Thank you so much for your call. I'm going to use this to transition into the second hour of the program. We've got news now. And then uh, uh, the child she is talking about is one of the examples of what I said at the top of the show that I really wanted to focus on. And that is we are in a culture war, literally a culture war, where the culture that we have built for ourselves um, and, and really mo- almost every culture would probably, maybe with the exception of Roman Empire and, and some of those, but, but, but almost every culture that, that sought civilized world, civilization, would probably agree, is under direct attack by a number of things which I'll share with you in the next hour, including this seven-year-old boy in Texas that she is referring to, who is about to undergo um, procedures, um, that will change his life forever at his direction and that of his mother, despite his father doing everything that he can to save his son. And the state said the, son, the father has no right whatsoever, no parental right whatsoever to try to, try to save his son from something that will be not only life-altering, honestly, but, uh, well, I'll tell you the rest of the story. It's coming up. It's an amazing story. It is a terrifying story. And quite frankly, it's an outrageous story. But I'll give you that after the news. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 